20,000 feet up, breaking all the lights on the doors. And I ain't seen no ceilings. We came in through the top You're listening to Feminist Killjoys, Ph.D., an hour of feminism, pop culture, and politics, as discussed by two professional killjoys. I'm Rachel. And I'm Melody. And today we bring you our best of and worst of 2017, with categories ranging from music videos to activist efforts. But first, Melody, where can our listeners find us on the internet? You haven't asked me that in a long time, and I've been been meaning to tell you. I've been meaning to tell you that you can find us in select places. Your favorite podcast application, such as iTunes, Overcast, insert podcast app here. You get extra FKJ points if you leave us a review. Has anybody left us a review lately? I haven't checked. I haven't checked either, but I would love it to be surprised, to be pleasantly surprised. Um, so You could like multitask and check real quick if you want. Right? Sure. Just curious. I'll check. As I'm going okay. on and on and on. On the social media tip, you can follow us on Instagram. We have a Twitter account and Facebook pages. You can like our Facebook page. Just search our podcast name. Or you can join our closed community page where we have a lot of awesome conversations Uh, And so to find that one, just search for Feminist Killjoys Community dash WTF Power exclamation point. And then we also have a book club page, which is the FKJ PhD reading group. That is correct. Uh, There's nothing happening in it right now. You did it. You did a great job. Uh, There's nothing happening in it right now because we finished our discussion of emergent strategy, which was great. And I will say that I do not have the capacity to lead another book discussion in the near future, but I would love it if. I, Melody, you probably don't right now either, but if one of our listeners wanted to recommend a book and do the sort of take the reins on leading the discussion, that would be awesome. We would love to do another one. There was a handful of us that were really committed to the discussion threads and uh, I think four of us that did like a live chat on Skype together and it was it was really great. So I would love to do another one. I just I just don't I'm not able to lead this time. We empower you, listeners. You also like listening, thinking like, I can't do it. Yes, you can. We have a new review (gasps) that I don't think we've read. I don't think we read this one. Read it. Read it. Read it. There's a couple. Can I read? I'm going to read a couple. Oh, wow. There's like many. I'm so, I'm so touched. Okay. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to read a couple and then we'll read another couple next week, but keep them coming because this is making my heart really warm. Uh, the title of this one is My Queeros, uh, which is lovely. Oh. And it's <laughs> it's by 10 out of 10 would recommend. It says, Melody and Rachel are so beyond generous to grace us all with their thoughts and knowledge. Thank you for your labor. I love this podcast so much. And a little rose emoji, which usually means the person is part of the DSA, possibly. Um, so cool. Thank you. Another title is Essential Listening, and it says love it every week, double heart emoji with the two girls dance, the two little, like the bunny-eared ladies dancing. This is from Mary uh, Marie Jeanet, empowering educational and real tools to help change ourselves and societies. I can't say enough positive things about this podcast and these inspiring women, but I won't because you should stop reading and start listening. And it says, occasionally a little too woo-woo for me, but even that comes across as charming. Oh, <laughs> well, thanks, thanks <laughs> know, for sticking with us. I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sticking with us. Um, there's some more, too. There's there's three more new ones, but I'll save those for next week. This is, my heart is just tickled. These These were really fun because I hadn't looked in a while, so this was great. Keep them coming. We really appreciate it, and it's really helpful. 
me, 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 you. Okay. Um, on Spotify, we have a mixtape, Feminist Killjoy's PhD mixtape that you should follow, curated by Rachel. And also, if you have extra dollars and you want to support feminist media makers, you can do that in two ways via us. You can go to our website, which is called feministkilljoyspodcast.com and click on the birdie and leave us um, a one-time donation. Or you can become a patron, which is a monthly donation, micro donation of your choice. Um, people who give $1 or more a month get access to our feminist Killjoys newsletter, which is called the Killjoy Review. And then people that give $5 or more a month get access to bonus episodes. But then I would like to bracket all of this by Patreon just like decided to take more money from the donations. Did you hear about this, Rachel? I did. Yeah. So, you know, we're aware of that. Um, And if anything changes, Rachel and I haven't actually talked about it because the news just came down, I think, yesterday. So if anything changes, we'll let you know. But I know a lot of Patreon people are a little upset by that. It's just they sent an email to all the people that received donations and said, I don't know what their excuse was. Basically, we're taking like 2% more of your donations. So right. You know, they had some PR answer for it or reason, right. but they're just taking more money. Yeah. So. yeah. so if if that impacts you, maybe like drop us a line, you know, if people want to switch, you know, people can peace out anytime they want, obviously. But if you want to like give us a PayPal donation, like the equivalent of what you would have given us in a year or not. But but if it's if it's impacting you as a as a patron, that's cool. And we we might change. We might not. Yeah. Like Melody said, it's fresh. So TBD. What is not TBD is our email address, which is fkj.phd <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Great. Wonderful job, Melody. You're not rusty at all. It's like it's like we did it a week ago, but which we, we didn't. But we didn't. But we didn't. Welcome back. Whoop, whoop. And we back. This is not we the back, intro. And we back. As Chance says, Rachel, this, this is, is the intro. It's the entree. <laughs> it's the entree. This is the entree, not the intro. We already did something the intro. about Kanye, my baby mama, my fiance. Speaking of, she white- like music. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Speaking of white people, women, me loving rap. <laughs> I got uh-huh. I got sidetracked uh, while we were working on this episode because jay-z gave an interview to the new york times magazine and it's up on youtube i'm i saw you i saw you tweet it i'm gonna i'm looking forward to watching it as well jay-z is like i mean a lot of people shit on him man but i i'm kind of i'm a fan (sighs) so that's a complicated statement (laughs) all right or i would have a complicated answer back okay let me let's watch that interview and then we'll talk All right. about it later. Okay. That'll be our bonus up this next next time we do a bonus up on Jay-Z. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, and then I can talk about Eminem because they're connected in my great. head. Great. Right. Okay. Just getting worked on here. Let me just add that to our to-do list. Great. So besides watching interviews about Jay-Z, what else have you been up to? Oh, in um, our on our hiatus. Well, we've been doing some behind the scenes stuff and I got stickers, some Feminist Killjoy PhD stickers. Yay! Thank and you, I, Melody. I mailed them to you, so you should get them soon. So exciting. They look awesome. So I don't know how we're going to distribute them, but we got stickers. And if we have your address, I might send you some stickers randomly. But mm-hmm. uh, otherwise, just TBD. I have stickers and they're rad and we'll just keep making more stickers. 
And so besides making stickers, ordering stickers, which took whew, like 10 minutes, um, end of semester, but I'm also really feeling this Mercury retrograde situation that yeah. we're in right now. Like, And the way I'm feeling it is that I feel like I'm trying to communicate things to people and they're gaslighting me. And so I'm just sitting there like, why don't you get what I'm saying? Mm. And it's especially at the workplace, which is extra frustrating. Yeah. That the communication is already difficult, but then my, I don't want to say my anxiety, but like my energy about needing to communicate has gotten like amped up. And so like, I'm like, I need to send this email. I need to say this right now. Mm, Yeah. And that's probably not smart knowing what. It's like the, right. Like the advice is like the exact opposite. Like hang tight with your thoughts. Like. I know. Pause, you know. I know. I get it's hard though. I'd like, I got, well, because it's like important stuff too. It's not like I need to talk to them about this class that the textbook, it's like more personal, you know, like right. interpersonal things right. that feel very urgent at the time. And when you have anxiety, everything feels very urgent. Right. So yes, right. I like realized that yesterday. I was like, whoa, Melody, you are not taking the advice of the astrologers that you follow. Mm. Yeah. And I've been really blunt like the last week or two. Like, I'm just like, I'm saying it how it is. Like, I'm not even being yeah. politically correct anymore. Um, right. And that's, this is the wrong time to do that. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling it too, <laughs> more interpersonally. Hi, partner who listens to the show sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's <laughs> oh man, me and no, uh, me and Dakota got in a, a tiff too, actually. Really about yeah. communication. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. That's, that's like the basis of completely what it was all about. Yeah, so it's been yeah, it's been hitting me too for sure. Uh, I'm trying to hang a little more tight, I guess, and sit, so sit with things. Cool. What else? Was there any other check-ins you wanted to do? Yeah, I'm good. All right. How about you? Um, well, I've been I've been enjoying the behind the scenes work we've been doing on the hiatus. Uh, we had the we had great responses to our feminist killjoys PhD gift guide. No kidding. Uh, we ha- yeah, and I mean, really, our our community made that possible because we got a lot of really awesome ideas from Alexia, who started the list, and Molly, who gave a bunch of uh, ideas on our on our Facebook group. And uh, so just compiling it was, you know, was fun. And I was really happy to to highlight all those really badass, amazing queer and by POC uh, folks making awesome things in the world. So I was glad to see that it it got circulated quite a bit. I hope that it gets them all some business. And yeah, we've been in we have a exciting announcement that we'll be saying soon, but it's been fun to to. We, you know, I missed recording. I'm glad to be back, but I was enjoying the stuff we were doing outside of that. And otherwise, pretty normal update from me, wrapping up the on- online class I was teaching, teaching a lot of yoga, pitching a lot of stuff, getting some more bites on pitches, which has been feeling good. Yeah, I've mostly been doing pretty well, doing more magic, getting more into some some spell work. It's been good. Life's been okay for the most part. Cool. That all yeah. sounds great. Yeah. We have been pretty much on hiatus since the bulk of the sexual assault stuff started happening. We mentioned it a little bit, and I think we talked about it again a little bit on our bonus app, but we really haven't delved into what has become of this, like, moment. So let's talk about that a little bit before we get into our best of, worst of. What are your thoughts? You're very excited. Well, I'm excited, but I'm not sure if I should be excited. Same like more. in some ways. Okay, so 
in an alter in an alternative universe, if like during the Black Lives Matter movement, all the police all went to jail for life. It feels like something that we've well for women and other people who have been sexually harassed and assaulted, usually our our stories are not believed and we're drugged through the media in really problematic ways. And all of a sudden, with and I'm not sure why or how it started now, all of a sudden the media is not only believing the victims that come forward, but they're also covering the accusations thoroughly and following the stories and i think with the media coverage it is putting pressure on certain people to resign from their positions or leave their offices that they work for and it almost feels too good to be true and i'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop it's like okay well when is the backlash coming but i'm just so amazed that Almost out of nowhere, we flipped from, you know, victim, a lot of victim blaming, a lot of like getting into the nuanced details to try to understand like why something like this would happen, aka like what did the victim do to, you know, Mm -hmm. have this happen to them. Right. All of a sudden to like, there's no ifs, ands, or but like that totally happened. We believe you. So what are we going to do now about the offender? Right. And I like that it's a lot of white men in power as well because yeah. i know historically there's been a lot of issues uh, with black men being falsely accused of rape and not the rape and assault not that they're not capable of doing these things they're not but unfortunately there's been that stereotype mm-hmm. that started with the birth of a nation film yeah so like i know there's nuances to this and there's definitely critiques of like how this has all gone through the media but i'm like this is really ha- happening like we should be excited about this or what? I'm not really sure how to handle the emotions of all of it. Mm-hmm. And I know how, I mean, I know partially how you feel via the like blog posts that you wrote, but what's your response to what I just said? I mean, I understand your skepticism or hesitancy to be sort of celebratory or whatever, because you're afraid there might be some kind of backlash. Like that's, that's how dialectics work. That's like likely going, you know, there likely will be some kind of backlash. A lot of people have been suggesting that, you know, there's going to be one example of like a false accusation and then that's going to like make everybody stop caring or stop believing again or whatever. But again, I'm just like not that in how to phrase it. it. To me, it just doesn't feel like celebration enough. Like, I, I I, agree. It is baffling that we have done this, like, 180 in terms of believing women and ho- insisting that we hold men accountable. However, I don't think that p- that mainstream society or even activist circles, like, are prepared to actually do proper accountability work. I don't think most people know what accountability means. And I don't think prison or firing people is accountability. As you know, you know that that Mm -hmm. I feel that way. And so I'm my skepticism is just that even this account of even this believing women and responding to men with punishment, as you know, I don't think that fixes things. So I'm just not to me, I'm just not as excited or celebratory because I don't think this is the root of the problem. Like, I don't think this is addressing the root of the problem. And so, and I don't know that that firing all these people and certainly not throwing people in the prison system, which, you know, I don't believe in, those don't feel like answers to me. So that that is the reason I'm not like 
jumping for joy. I mean, I'm I'm super grateful again that women are being listened to, that that men have to take responsibility. And again, it's been primarily men that we've been hearing about that men have to take responsibility for their actions in some way. But I I still don't know that we as a society are actually ready or know how to address it in a way that is anything more than just punitive. And punitive measures aren't aren't healing, aren't transformative, aren't rooted in in actually change. So that's my that's just my perspective. That's why I wanted to bring it up with you because I there was I think that's the part that's making me like hesitate to be like, yes, because I think mm-hmm. the first part is like, hell yeah, that oh my gosh, women are being believed in the media. This is amazing. Like I think that part right. is like Yay, yay, yay. But I'm not as excited, right, about people just getting fired or resigning because that that doesn't solve the problem. But it does send a message that hasn't been sent before. Because usually when women would come forward with this stuff, they would get fired or they would be kind of pushed out of their spaces. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, like, I'm not happy. Like, right, the punitive stuff I could do without – I just think that for some people, it might send a message that'll get them to figure shit out. But no, it doesn't do anything in terms of educating men about power right. dynamics and privilege and why these things are not okay. Because right. my students were talking and they all of a sudden like erupted and they like went around and shared all of these times in which they've been sexually harassed recently at their jobs. Wow. Yeah. So that, you know, like this hope that maybe men will like get their shit together and start talking to each other about this stuff. You know, my students were like, well, I don't know, like, here, let me share the story. And then, like, oh, yeah, and then this happened to me. And, you know, and so yeah. they don't feel very hopeful about it because they're still being victimized. Completely. Well, I think that's the other thing. I mean, when we think about cultural fissions in the U.S., which we know are, like, hugely polarizing right now, um, I don't know that that the men that I'm most worried about, you know, including, like, white nationalists, you know, who certainly – uh, assault women, uh, not, you know, whatever, not all, I guess all of them, but you know what I mean? There's obviously people in those groups that, that exist. Like they're already like hate, like the Hollywood liberal elite. So they're already like not their new, their Facebook feeds don't look like our Facebook feeds. Like they, mm-hmm. they may not even know that this is happening. Like the idea that Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey, like being quote unquote held accountable is going to some somehow like transform the masses of society. Like, I'm just not totally sure, which is like a, you know, a media studies question. It's like about what the, the impacts of pop culture and celebrity in the world. But I'm not totally sure that that's actually sending a message to tons of people anyway. But maybe it is to men in power who like are privy to these conversations. I don't know. It's um, we don't have solutions yet, but we have something which is more than we had before so as long as i mean for for me my sort of buck stops at like if if the answer for everybody was like through all these men in prison i would be like this isn't a good step forward but since it's not that i uh i think i'm willing to say that this is a good step forward especially since so far the men losing their jobs are like millionaires who are okay um it's a very difficult question for me as like a Marxist to think about the implications of firing men of all class backgrounds. You know, if something like this happens, I, I don't know. (laughs) Like we talked about this a little bit on the call out culture episode when we talked about the ways that like people who are on Twitter and say fucked up shit end up getting fired. Like there's part of me that wants to pause on that because 
that person not having income can impact a family and a community in particular ways, can bolster the prison system by having to turn to underground economies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, survival economies, as some people would say. So it's tricky. And that's why people are committed to restorative justice, which right. that attempts to address these issues without going to punitive measures. Right. Which is much harder work. Not one size fits all either. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like there's like, oh, there's this workshop that you go to and then and like, that's it. It's 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 a long, complicated process that communities need to figure out for themselves. And it's there's not uh, systems of support for that kind of work. So it's unfortunate. Yeah, especially since research shows recidivism rates are lower, I think, right, with restorative justice. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Totally. I haven't. Yeah. I mean, it just makes sense in terms of what the program is all about. So yeah. So yay, but with an asterisk, kind of. I feel like that's a lot of our show. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but also, that's what killjoying is, right? Yeah. Yay. Uh, but we can't we we can't even be excited about nope. <laughs> like men, trash men being called out. We gotta we gotta nuance that shit too. Yeah. Anything? Any last words on that before we get to our second annual best of episode me 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 no let's just go okay let's stick with this frame of thought in terms of uh like activisty stuff so cool. one of our categories was activist efforts that we wanted to highlight either bad or good mostly good do you mind if i go first please on do my, on my activisty thing go so for it. the nfl in terms of all the kneeling that they did earlier on in the season in Reaction to Donald Trump's statements, Palestine for fighting back continually against Israel, but also most recently when Donald Trump announced that Jerusalem, he wants to identify Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And we don't have time to go into why that's super complicated and annoying and frustrating and angering, but maybe sometime soon we will. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciated all the local political organizing that was happening, both in Minneapolis, but other places to get particular people in office, because I think that's really important. And that's something that we often forget when we try to romanticize activism. It's like, mm-hmm. We need to totally. be on the ground getting people into office. So I appreciate all those people. And then anybody that is working on trying to stop what's going on with the Supreme Court, which is actually very hard to stop. But did you hear about this, the Janice versus Ask Me case? No, it's, but I'm very curious. So please fill it's me It's really bad. So um, it's all about the dues, like the fair share dues. Yeah. So in the United States, if you're in a not right to work state, if you're in a regular state that allows unions, you can pay full dues to be a member of a union or you can do fair share where union dues, a smaller portion of your union dues of a union due would come out of your paycheck. And you don't have an option to not give those dues over because your salary, your benefits, your working conditions all go back to the contract that your union negotiated for you. So if you don't want to be a voting member, Uh, but you do just want to reap the benefits of working for a union, you do fair share. Well, somebody went and like filed a lawsuit and it got all the way up to the Supreme Court about whether it's legal to collect fair share dues. Shit. So what's, do they not, do we not, do we know yet? Uh, The vote is supposed to come down in January. The problem is, is that the the case was around when Scalia was around and he was Mm. actually going to vote in favor of the unions. But really? Yeah. That's shocking. Yeah. But he died. And the person that Trump appointed 
does not support unions. And so now the vote is going to get flipped. And so everybody is talking about this as like, like some of the headlines were like unions that, you know, are over with, you know, basically people are talking about it as if like, we're not going to have unions. And I've been really hesitant to get anxious about it because I went through this whole thing with Wisconsin pulling their public unions. And I'm like, I'm not going to go down. I just didn't want to get anxious about something that might not happen. But the language that's being used now because of Trump's appointed judge is like, yeah, we're screwed. Like we have no idea, you know, so our union that I work with or for, no. That represents me is the correct language. Mm-hmm. So the other really quick aspect of this is they're trying to get us to sign cards, basically like saying that we support the union because even though we're all union members, because yeah. what they can do now is let's say this goes through, all the fair share people then are not compelled to pay dues anymore. And they technically could get back pay for all the fair share dues that they put in over all this time. So then it bankrupts unions. And the more frustrating part is that what's probably not going to happen is that individual people are going to sue, but but lawyers that do class action lawsuits are going to swoop in and do it on behalf of the union members that paid fair share. And then, you know, those members will get a sliver of their dues, but they're not going to get much of anything because of the lawyer fees. So right. you, you have to also battle the class action lawsuit people that are going to come in and basically bankrupt the union by using their legal skills to get all of those fair share dues redistributed back to the people who paid them. Right. Right. Whereas if it was just like regular old people, like, Ugh, sure. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. 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 That's bad. Mm-hmm. Man. But I did want to give a shout out to the people who have been trying to Absolutely. fight it. Absolutely. Yeah. Kids at home. Unions are important and they're being completely obliterated in our nation. Oh, that's depressing. But thank you to the activists fighting against it. Anything else? No. What are your top activist efforts that you would like to highlight? I would like to talk about the hashtag end money bail campaign that I am part of via the Massachusetts Bail Fund, which I volunteer for, as listeners know. Every Monday in December, they're having a big campaign called All I Want for Christmas is Freedom. And it's that's not how the song goes, Rachel. Did you tell them that? (laughs) And their goal is to get folks out of jail before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so every Monday, we're going down to the courthouse, various volunteers. I went this past Monday. I don't think I'm going to be able to go again before I leave town. And we sit in the courtroom and hear these fucking devastating cases and watch the inhumanity of poor folks, primarily poor folks of color, who are literally... escorted through a into a cage with their fucking hands tied like even in the courtroom there's like a fucking glass cage that they have to talk through <sighs> their hands are still cuffed and then we just hear these these reasons that they're there and there's just so so clearly examples of mental health problems mm-hmm. poverty and racism i mean these things are not and yes i mean Yes, these people are making individual choices, but also like there's they are so fucked. It it was we know this. We know we know that people are fucked over by the system. We know this, but sitting in that courtroom and like witnessing it firsthand was really really fucking brutal. So anyway, when we some of the volunteers were in the courtroom and then we would go tell the volunteers that were in the clerk's office if there was a case where bail was set 
for 500 or under, and then we would we would get them out, uh, which was which was great. So that's going to be happening all month. And in general, um, ending money bail is really fucking important, as we've talked about, I believe, on the show before. These these people are not even officially convicted of anything, and they are just simply too poor to not spend a night or many nights or weeks in or months in a cage before they are officially tried. And they miss work. They, uh, you know, they they experience the inhumane dehumanization of living in a cage. They don't get to see their family. They don't get to take care of their family members. Many, many poor folks are, we take care, like poor people mm-hmm. take care of each other because we don't have money for babysitters. There's not money for at-home nurses. Like it's so many people's lives are at risk when when poor poor folks are taken out of their communities. So ending money bail is something that's happening all over the nation. And I'm really proud of Black Lives Matter and Mass Bail Fund for for doing the work they're doing in Boston. Do the people that are going that are going to their bail hearing, do they know that there's volunteers there like they might get to go home that day? Or is it no. a total surprise to them? I mean, unless they saw the Facebook thing on their, Which you know, unless unless, okay. unless they have some kind of connection. Um, but certainly on the day that I was there, nobody knew. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's really yeah, so. nice. And it's so like, I love shit like that. Because it's like, it's just the community coming together, like pooling resources and just right. being like, we got you like, you're out. Yeah, right. Totally. And <sighs> it's so it's so rare to see the end result of an activist project. <laughs> like it's like, here's, here's, here's a cause oh. and here's an effect. Something good happened. Oh my gosh, it worked. <laughs> like, yep. I did a thing. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Normally, we're just like, working and working and working and like, hoping that someday after we're dead, it will pay off. Yep. So that's also really, really heartening. Um, and second, just a quick shout out to, and I know this is controversial, but I am supportive of the anti-racist gun clubs that have been forming, a la the Black Panthers. Both white folks and folks of color have been forming these self-defense organizations in the face of the resurgence of Nazism and white supremacy. So I I support I support those groups for showing up and supporting their communities by any means necessary. So those are my two best of, and the worst are fucking Nazis. Boo! Boo! So, those are mine. What's our next category? The news! What you got? These are some of our top news events, and I really push for this on our list because I'm such a news nerd. And it's going to get even worse next semester, Rachel, because I'm teaching media writing. (laughs) So I'm just going to so sorry. <laughs> Hope y'all like current events. In no particular order, the Lynx winning the championship of the WNBA was very newsworthy in my world. Good was uh, Colin Kaepernick coming back into the news. And I know we said this already. He'll probably come up a few times. Um, but I've been really an- another one of those like, is this real? Like that he's getting yeah. a lot of positive acknowledgement. Right. But I'm still mad about how last year the media treated him like he was a troublemaker that was up to no good. And now all of a sudden, right. because the tide turned, they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, just kidding. Go Colin Kaepernick. And same with the media about sexual assault. It's like, dude, y'all aren't off the hook, like 100%, because you were the right. ones that perpetuated all this shit in the first place. Right. In terms of the myths and the stereotypes. But it was very, it was like the good thing that we could share in my classroom of like what Colin Kaepernick yeah. and the NFL were up to. Uh, yay. And then boo Harvey Weinstein, but he really set it off. So thanks a lot for being a horrible, horrible person. But at least what came of it is like an explosion of people coming out and sharing their stories. 
Although critique of uh, the hashtag Me Too, I don't know if we ever talked about this, that it was started by a black woman a while ago and it got yes. repurposed yeah. and then it got like attached to actresses. And it's like, okay, well, they didn't actually start it. Like, let's just be. Right. It's similar with the Black Lives Matter hashtag. It's like, yeah, that was started by black women. And then just some media nerd stuff is the AT&T and Time Warner merger that is going to happen. There's some interesting stuff going on there, especially because they're seeing if Time Warner will disinvest from their cable stations, which includes CNN. And there's been some like weird thing where Trump wanted to like get, I don't know, there's something weird with like him hating CNN. But regardless, like that merger should not happen because it's just going to be a bunch of vertical integration, another giant monopoly like Comcast and NBC and Xfinity. And it's just bad for all of us. So I've been trying to keep my eye on that. And the same with the net neutrality stuff coming from the FCC. And then last but not least, Russia's now almost confirmed involvement with the fake news that was happening during our election in which we did a whole episode on. And we'll have to process that later. But Google, Facebook and Twitter have all had to go to a special congressional hearing and like talk very openly about what they did and did not do to control some of this content coming in. And it gets into a really interesting discussion about who's responsible for the content, because legally, oftentimes the user is responsible for the content that gets uploaded. So if I upload a copyrighted song, I get in trouble for it, not YouTube. But then what happens if like, you're, we're talking about like Russians producing fake news and Facebook's algorithm makes it so right. it's seen as real news. I mean, this has right. had devastating consequences. And I remember a year ago, more than a year ago, I was flabbergasted by what my students were coming into the classroom with. I saw it happen, right. you know, and this year right. it's like, there's no fake news in my classroom at all. Right. Such a change. Yeah. So something clearly happened and it's really bad. Yeah. And I'm glad that our government is in some ways, looking into it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a year of news events. I wanted to talk about a good thing, which are which is very underreported in the U.S., which are the YPG victories, which is the defense unit in Rojava, which is the uh, a lot of a lot of folks on the left sort of kind of make comparisons to like Rojava and the Zapatistas. It's like an autonomous community and they have armed units that are fighting ISIS and actually doing a better job than a lot of other people. And turns out they're not like bombing innocent civilians in the process the way that the U.S. has done. And one of the coolest fucking things about the YPG is that there are all female units that are like badass as fuck women. So they've had a lot of victories actually um, that just don't get talked about, and and they've brought a lot of peace to that region. And so I'm I'm grateful anytime that I that I read positive headlines um, about about them. Um, anytime Nazis were driven out of their stupid marches has been good news. <laughs> um, <laughs> trans elected officials uh, also good news, and then of course so much bad news, including all the stuff that you mentioned, um, the bad stuff you mentioned, Heather Heyer in particular. Nearly, of course, everything Trump did. And then, uh, yeah, specifically, most recently, Gaza, which is devastating. And yeah, I just have uh, I, I think it's safe to say this po- this podcast stands in solidarity with Palestinian people. And it mm-hmm. is it is fucked. We should we could maybe do an episode on that. I don't think we've ever we ever have specifically talked about what that is. And I remember being a young person and not really understanding the conflict. And so maybe it would be good to 
to delve into that at some point. Yeah, things are bad and people are already dead in in Palestine again, which is every day for them. I mean, they're they're under terrorist attacks every single day, and and they're just dehumanized to the point that that we don't in the U.S. as a whole care, and it's heartbreaking. Yep. If you do, <sighs> if, if people do have time over the holidays. There is a documentary that you can rent on Amazon called Five Broken Cameras, and that was suggested to me by a few people for my intercultural class. And it's from a Palestinian perspective, but like through like like a citizen, not an yeah. activist organization. Yeah. And it's yes, it's incredibly biased towards the Palestinian people. But when I showed it to my students, when I turned it off, they were like, how come we've never seen this or heard this? Right. And they right. their opinions were flipped automatically. And I wasn't necessarily trying to change their opinions. I was just like, we're we're pro-Israel. This country is pro-Israel. So you all mm-hmm. know the story of Israel. Like whether you know it mm-hmm. or not, you probably feel more in line with Israel because that's how you've right. been raised. Right. This is what's going on with Israel, with the Palestinians. And we had Palestinian right. students in my class. And so, yeah. but they were just like, I didn't have to do any talking. They were just like, this is right. horrific. Um, yeah. And so if you do want to dive in this holiday season, five broken cameras is great. Yeah. A lot of yeah. um, a lot of gunfire, though. So if you're uncomfortable with that, just be wary. What's our next category? Our next category is books. <laughs> so <awful>. I think <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. You, you're getting very creative with the sound effects. Thank you. That reminds me of, you know, I've been doing this girls rock camp electronic music thing and they, they like to have weirdo sound effects like that in their, in their electronic cool. beats. Um, anyway, that reminded me of one of those. So we, I, I think it's, I think it's true of like a lot of people that you don't necessarily read books like the hot off the presses book the same year it came yeah. out. I mean, some people do, I'm sure, but that feels difficult when there are so many good books that came out, yeah. you know, forever. But I did read a couple that came out this year. Just real quick, this shouldn't be a surprise for anybody on the podcast. I was obsessed with Emergent Strategy. It was what our book club book was. That book feels profound to me in a particular way that that changed, actually challenged and uh, enhanced my politics in a way that I haven't felt happen in a while. I've become an Adrian Marie Brown devotee. I love that book. And I'm really, really happy that she would she describes it as sort of it being channeled through her from her ancestors and activist community. And and so I'm grateful that that she was able to get those words on the page. I don't really I don't want to say a worst. I don't want to bash any books. But I have to say I was very underwhelmed with Roxane Gay's book Hunger. I have s- tons of respect for Roxane Gay. I personally don't think her writing is like, this feels very scary to say on a feminist podcast. I know she's like a hero to a lot of people and she should be for many reasons. I just like didn't, I just didn't love the book and I just like didn't think her writing was, That's I just fair. didn't love Dude, it. Dude, I trash yeah. Judith Butler's writing all the time. I can't you can, remember. it's, you can trash Judith Butler more than, okay. you know, I feel like that. I anyway. feel like in the academic feminist world it is fair to say that you really appreciate people's ideas but the writing isn't your thing yeah okay that's fair i don't i think that's fine i mean i <laughs> is she like susan douglas where she does like pop she does like pop writing this is a, i mean this is a memoir so it's yeah. not really academic at all i would say it's very popular press and you're a memoir um, memoir you're a memoir yeah. expert though so you like you of all people that's a fair critique because you've read a lot of memoirs to be able to say it's, something like that it's true. So I'll just say I was underwhelmed by it. That's all. That's fair. What about you? 
Speaking of memoirs, I really enjoyed This Is Just My Face by Gabby Sidibe from- Yeah, I want to read that. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. I've said this earlier in the podcast, but like most memoirs by female celebrities, I'm underwhelmed by totally, but I'm interested. I'm always like, yes, tell me the truth. And then they never do. But (laughs) Gabby totally told the truth. And I was like, thank you. This is what I've been looking for in a memoir. So that was very refreshing. I also loved Peaceful Neighbor, which is about Mr. Rogers and how he is a very political person and how that was shown in his show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Right now, I'm taking time to read more of Black Faces, White Spaces by Carolyn Fien Finn. And that is about how Black people interact with environment and environmentalism. It's like one of the reasons I love academic work is stuff like this, where she talks about how, for example, the the problem of Black people fearing being in public just in general. Mm-hmm. And then when you ask them to go into the wilderness in which there is even less safety in some ways, that like it's a really hard ask. And mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. bases her claims on interviews with Af- – she's also African-American, but she bases her claims on interviewing African-Americans. So that's really nice, too, where she's not just theorizing, that she's actually talking to people. And so um, none of it is te- technically, like, surprising or, like, challenging my thinking, but she's putting to words some things that I was wondering about. Like, I am very curious about how different cultures interact with the environment – And yeah, it's just it's just a really nice, challenging book. Uh, I'm going to start lighting a fire under our derrieres because we're getting close on time. So let's chop, chop podcast. Talking so much, Melody. God. Podcast from me too. podcast from 2017. Go. Weapon of Choice from Minneapolis. Adult Crash by Lacey and Ket. Two Dope Queens. That's not a new one. Try to pick ones that are from 2017. Weapon of Choice and Idol Crash then. God. I am not. There's no bias because it's NPR. It's bias because it didn't come out in 2017. Jeez. Bye. (laughs) That's the point of best of less. But I don't ever. I'm so bad. I'm behind the times all the time. This is you're asking a lot for me. What is your long list of podcasts, Rachel, that you love so much? Uh, How to Survive the End of the World is a brand new podcast by Adrienne Marie Brown and her sister, Autumn Brown, so the writer of Emergent Strategy and her sister, and it is a true gift to the airwaves. It is a beautiful, beautiful podcast, and everybody should listen to it. Flex Your Heart Radio, I believe, came out in 2017, Lacey Davis's new podcast, Wild Soul Tarot, which is a wonderful tarot podcast, The Lit Review Podcast, which is amazing. They have incredible guests uh, talk about incredibly important books, um, activist books, academic books. They've had Susan Stryker. They've had Victoria Law. They've had people talk about pedagogy of the oppressed. They are wonderful. It's um, Monica Trinidad. And oh, I'm going to blank on her, her co-host name. I just know Monica personally. So that's in my brain. But they're out of Chicago. They're fantastic. Revolutionary Left Radio, I have to give a shout out. I really love the show. I learn so much more about left theory and get deeper into left theory, leftist revolutionary theory, and I really like it. And I'll stop there. I'll just say the best. Music videos. Jay-Z's The Story of OJ because of its animation. You should watch it right now. Francis and the Lights featuring Chance, May I Have This Dance because of the dancing. Yes. Haim, Haim, Him. I want you back (laughs) because of the dancing. Brother Ali's own light because of the positive message and representations of Muslim people. He is so posy. I would also say, uh, may I have this dance? Lovely, amazing video because of the dancing. DNA and Humble were both really good. Kendrick's videos. I think there's problems with, with both of them and there is misogyny in them and 
things we could talk about, but there are really good videos. Don Cheadle is in the DNA video. It's pretty solid. They're well done. Um, yes. Yeah, they are really well done. And then Lizzo's newest 2017 release, Truth Hurts. Excellent video, as always. She is just the fiercest energy in the whole world. Songs or albums from 2017, Missy? Okay, I'm trying for 2017. Lizzo's Truth Hurts. Charlie Parr's new album, White Folksy Guy from Minnesota. Brother Ali's newest album. Michael Kwanaka's newest album. And I'm not sure if Sylvanesso's latest album came out in 2017. I think that was 2017. I think that's right. Yes. Okay. I passed. I'm done. Great. I'm giving my award to Jamila Woods' uh, album Heaven, which came out this summer. Uh, Beth Ditto's solo album, Fake Sugar, was real solid. Kayatana, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I never know how to say their name. They're like a indie pop punk girl lady band, uh, mm-hmm. and I really liked their album. Big Thief is also um, on Saddle Creek, by the way. Saddle Creek is making a comeback. So you should you should check it out. Big Thief and also Hop Along is my newest obsession, but Hop Along's album didn't come out in 2017, so I won't talk about it. The worst, <laughs> I'm just going to like throw Taylor Swift under the bus a little bit because she should just be better, like as a human, I think. I mean, it's not her job. I know the most hate mail we probably get might be about Taylor Swift. She's just like, the song is like so fucking boring and yep. she is just like, Boring. Boring. And like she could do, she could say some shit and maybe influence people, yep. but she's just boring and basic. Ugh. Like, get, go ahead. Like, right, you know, there's like a white feminist critique that I'm like being misogynist about her femininity or something, but that's not what it's about. No. She's just boring and basic and not a good enough ally if she's not, if, and if you're not explicitly anti racist, then you're, part of the problem also i never liked like i started to have a problem with her when she had that trouble song because in terms of what i don't want young girls listening to in terms of her messages just being bad i don't remember i don't remember the message of trouble it was like she's got this persona in a lot of her songs where she's just like i'm a mess and like you better chase me and i'm a i'm just like (laughs) a mess and i like deserve love but i don't deserve love and it's like you know I'd rather have somebody watch a Beyonce video where she talks about her big booty. Like, I feel like that's a better message oh, totally. than totally. like all this teeny bopper Taylor Swift stuff. It's like they're not te- she's not teaching women how to be like strong ass women. And that's more important right. to me than like, oh, my God, he like did something really bad. But then I got him back. And yeah. then on top yep. of all of her cultural appropriation. Of course. Yeah. She's just a hot mess with racism. So, yeah. Oh, and speaking of when you were bringing up. T-Swift, I was also thinking about Miley because mm, she yeah. went back Ugh. to her country roots, which she, she yeah. should have never left. Uh, but I think that song Malibu is kind of boring, too. Like, her voice is incredible. And, like, yes. fine. If she wants to, like, tone down, whatever. She can, like, have her happy life. She's a vegan. Whatever. Everything's fine. But, like, that song is also a little bit boring. Like, stick to the, like, she did a beautiful cover of Tom Petty. Feel the, what's that beautiful Tom Petty song after he died? No. You belong in a... Something of flowers. Everybody should look it up. It's a really beautiful cover. She's got an amazing voice. Yes. Um, but yeah, the all this the new song is just a little too poppy for me. But, but also, it just shows that her whole like her hip hop persona that she had for a while was just that. It was just a persona, right. and she was totally. acting as if it was like part of her. But she flips, she changes her style so often. But the problem with that hip hop thing was that she was pulling from the culture, whereas like other people right. that change their style up all the time, they like don't necessarily rely on other people's cultures to like. Right. So she wrote when you started talking about T Swift, I was like, man, Miley did this totally. Thing, so 
Yeah, it's true. It's true. Let's wrap up since we're not going to do RWL since that's kind of what the whole show has been. Let's just do sort of our honorable mention bests of just like miscellaneous random stuff that we liked in 2017. Chances at episode of SNL. Yes, it was great. What else? Knuckle tattoos. (laughs) You're reading my list. (laughs) (laughs) Fourth wall. (laughs) I was picking things that we were similar on. Say more about lipstick, Rachel. Tell me about your lipstick. It's just getting darker and darker, and I'm happy about that. Looks good. Thanks. I appreciate it. The the gold with black is good. Thank you. It's actually not everybody thinks it's black lipstick. It's not black. It's like a purple brown color. But I really would like recommendations for I know friend of the show, LaCrista, founder of Gorilla Feminism. She has a uh, she's into makeup. So LaCrista hit me up with lipstick recommendations. <laughs> the one I'm using, it just like it's very high maintenance, like it wipes off a lot and I have to like oh, redo it a lot. And it's like yeah. it's it's no bueno. So, yeah, it's just getting darker and darker and I'm happy with it. What's um, mushroom coffee? I used to be really into mushroom coffee when I was like bad, like in a bad way, obsessed, like orthorexic, obsessed with oh. health in like a bad way. But I'm trying to remember that I don't need to like throw all that stuff out with the bathwater kind of deal. Like I can take some of that stuff that was really awesome and bring it back into my life without going overboard. So one of the things I used to do was like drink a lot of like mushroom powder because it's supposed to be like really good for you. And in like Eastern medicine, it's like great for um, balancing out. Like it's kind of like the equivalent of like Ayurveda in in Chinese medicine. Mushrooms help sort of balance the same the system the same way that Ayurveda would talk about balancing your sort of like climate inside your body. And it's um it's a powder that's a mix like a little bit of actual coffee beans and then chaga mushroom powder. And it's from this company called Four Sigmatic, which I think is just like two like hippie hippie bro white dudes. So like whatever, I'm not necessarily endorsing giving them money, but I really like their products. So anyway, I'm adding mushrooms back into my life and it's helpful for like immunity and just general like health and wellness and also just like balancing your system. And it helps like decrease the amount of acidity I get from coffee and I still get a little bit of a buzz. So it's cool. If I could make another list, I would do like live shows that we liked this year. Yeah. So one of them was Doomtree. They're a local Mm -hmm. hip hop crew and they just have like super high energy shows and I just always have a really good time seeing them. Mm -hmm. Shout out to my gatos for always keeping me calm. It's very mental health. Like just seriously, they're like my service cats. And I'm not saying that in like an exploitative way. Like I swear, like nobody told me to get a cat for my anxiety, but man, they help. help. Yeah. Speaking of which, my therapist, shout out to Peggy, who doesn't listen, but she's the, (laughs) she is the jam. And I've been seeing her for a couple of years now. So our relationship has kind of like gotten beyond what I'm, I've ever experienced with a therapist. So like we talked about our favorite weather blog. Oh, (laughs) that is, that is next level stuff, man. (laughs) <laughs> We're like, what is that weather blog called that we both like? I don't know. And she's <laughs> oh, sarcastic sweet. too. So I can be like, hey, let me tell you something about my mom. Have I ever told you anything about her? And she's like, no, <laughs> tell me. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then shout out to my drawing class for expanding yes, my I horizons. Love, I love that you're doing it. I think it's awesome. And it's it's enhanced our Instagram stories. Thank you. Yes. And uh, also my students for the reason of, and I know you experience this a lot too, like when you're, have a sh- you're having a shitty day or you have a shitty experience and then you walk through the door and you start teaching like your yoga class. And I, it just happened to me this week and Robert was like, how did you deal going back to the classroom? And I was like, 
oh no, I chose to go back. Like I went to my classroom on purpose right. because like I right. need, like I forgot about whatever I just went through like instantly. Right. Because right. Totally. It's like yoga. Like you just turn your brain off, and it's just well, I don't turn my brain off, but I'm just so thankful for them in so many different ways, and that's like one reason. Totally. And I try to encourage them to do the same thing. It's like when you come to class, just like let it be class. Give yourself a break from whatever else is going on. Yeah, it is. It's a wonderful thing. It's something I miss about. Being, I will be back in the classroom next next semester. So whoop, whoop. even though I'm cranky about adjuncting, I'm grateful for that. Great list. Anything else? No. I would just like to add that I'm really glad that bodysuits are making a comeback. I love bodysuits and high-waisted pants. I love them very much. Uh, they're just so smooth and sleek. I love it. And the little snappies at the bottom, I'm into it. Some Is new that astrologers like a onesie? That I, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm going to feel yeah. like a baby. I changed too many onesies. I don't know if I could do it. Um, you would. I think those little snappies would probably make you nope. feel like you're changing a diaper. Also, like, don't they hurt your, like, vulva from, like, sitting on no. the snappies? No, no, no. They, they, no. They place them in an okay way. They're okay. What about biking? I, you know, I don't bike. I barely bike anymore. I know, but so. I'm. It, yeah, it might, it might be an, I don't think it would be an issue, though. I'm not the I'm, ones. I'm not going to get yeah. ones with the snappies. It's going to be like I'm okay. Changing a you can get there. They also make them without the snappies, so you can find cool. that. Some new astrologers I started following: astrologers and tarot readers. Name a new. Uh, name a new. Oh gosh, White name. Lady. I know. <laughs> <laughs> name a new James, who Brianna of which which episode Brianna mentioned and got me into beautiful beautiful astrological readings. The Firebrand Witch, who I mentioned before, who is a tarot reader, who I highly recommend. Um, shout out Molly. Karina Doss is the new astrologer for Mask Magazine and oh. has beautiful, weirdo, like sciencey, naturey readings, and I really like them. And I'll give a shout out also to Girls Rock Camp Boston, which I just started volunteering with in 2017, which has been a huge, hugely positive thing in my life, in addition to the Mass Bail Fund, but I already talked about them. So Shout out to Girls Rock Camp and all the little baby youth, mostly girls, but some non-lady identified youngsters who I've been able to watch transform in really exciting ways through music. And shout out to you for doing awesome activist work in Boston. Thanks, Mel. And to you too. You always manage to do incredible stuff, whether it's at your school or in the community. So shout out to us. Oh, we got through 27. I mean, it's not officially over. We're going to have a New Year's episode, but we look, we made it all the way to our best of episode. Who we? What a year. It It wasn't like and. And we even had good things to talk about, which, you know, the narrative, the narrative of 2017 is that it's all been a dumpster fire, but I there was a lot of stuff that we got to talk about. I would love for a linguist to analyze our speech like early on in the year and see how it's changed. Yeah. Cause I bet you there's yeah. just like this tone of dismal depression. Right. Right. Totally. Although that's also seasonal for us too. So that would change. I was also connecting it to Trump though. Cause for a while we're just like, everything fucking sucks. It doesn't matter. Yes. Yes. Sorry to bring anyway. it back down. No, it's all good. We had that was that was that was good. I'm yay glad that with we're an back. asterisk. Uh, yay with an asterisk. That's our new slogan. Yep. That's our new tagline. I'm glad we're back. I'm excited. We will definitely have two to three more episodes before the new year. Possibly like a tiny, like just like a week break, and then we'll we'll be back. We'll be back to huge. And uh, thank you so much for sticking with us. And WTF power. And we back. 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 
back and we back. Hey, this ain't no intro. This the entree. Hit that intro with Kanye. I sound like Andre. Tryna turn my baby mama to my fiance. She like music, she from Houston, like Auntie Yonce. Man, my daughter couldn't have a better mother. If she ever find another, you better love her. Man, I swear my life is perfect. I can merge it. If I die, I'll probably cry in my own service. It was a dream. You cannot mess with the pain. This is like this many rings. Y'all know what I mean. This for the kids of the king of all kings. This is the homiest thing. This is the beat that played under the word. This is the sheet that ain't like what it hurt. This is officially first. This is the third. This is a... We know, we know 